Today on CityCast Boise, about a week ago, 31 men from the white supremacist group Patriot Front were arrested and charged with conspiring to riot in Coeur d'Alene. Most of them traveled from other states to potentially violently attack locals celebrating pride. Police stopped the U-Haul truck carrying them just blocks away from the public park where the event was going on. To try and understand why this happened and why it could happen again, I'm talking with journalist Heath Drusen, whose podcast Extremely American follows far-right groups like Patriot Front. It's Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and this is CityCast Boise. Why did a group like Patriot Front, an openly racist, homophobic, transphobic group, feel comfortable coming to North Idaho and doing this? Well, I think there's a few reasons for that. And one of them you alluded to, I mean, North Idaho has a pretty horrific history of hate, including being the home of the Aryan nations for quite a few years. Um, the 80s was sort of their heyday, and they had a compound up there and, you know, made a lot of noise. So, you know, I think that history of hate, that still resonates with some of these groups, and they see that as a potential haven for them. Um, you know, there's a lot of, this has been talked about a lot, but there's there's a lot of empty space up there. It's sparsely populated. There's a lot of places to go hide out in the woods and the mountains. Um, so this is that historical part, but you know, I, I think it's also just a, a super conservative place and far-right politics uh, is, has really proliferated there in, in, a, in a way that uh, maybe more than, than just about any corner of the country, uh, far-right politicians really have electoral success up there. Now, that doesn't mean that these far-right politicians embrace these groups and, and a lot of times they will explicitly denounce them. But there's there's been some blurring of the lines recently, and I think in in the minds of some folks like Patriot Front, it sort of opened the door, and they think they might get a, a better reception in North Idaho than they might in other parts of the country. Well, and I think, yeah, it's a good point to say that some politicians might verbally and, you know, on social media try to distance themselves Um and we can debate how fair that is and if that's, you know, even uh, even accurate. But I guess what I wonder, you know, or just to point out, these ideologies, they're colliding. We've got, you know, racism, transphobia, homophobia, misogyny, anti-Semitism, all of them overlapping. And there's also, you know, far-right Christian groups that are involved as well. Um, and so just to point out that this isn't happening, yeah, without these dots being connected, and I guess, you know, how do you see all of these ideologies uh, when you're following things like far-right militia groups and um, the American Redoubt and all of these movements? How does all of these ideologies kind of make this really like hateful soup, really? One thing I've noticed that has kind of brought them together across the spectrum from white supremacist groups to just sort of far-right conservative groups is this growing kind of homophobia and especially transphobia that's been sweeping the country. 
Um, and what's a little bit alarming about that is, you know, you've got these theories that start on the fringes, like QAnon theories about cabals of satanic pedophiles preying on children. And these days, they're sort of rocketing from those fringes to the political mainstream. And so that's where some of these groups have sort of converged, where you've got this kind of panic going on, this grooming panic. And grooming is this conspiracy theory um, that gay and transgender people are uh, grooming children for, for pedophilia. And to be very clear, there is no evidence of this. There's no evidence that there's any effort like that. And it's a homophobic and transphobic idea. Um, but it's it's gotten a lot of mainstream traction now. And that's where you see these hate groups and and the far right and you know even some uh, you know what a lot of people would consider um, these kind of regular Republicans are, are coming together on this uh, on this on this conspiracy theory. And and you definitely saw that up in Coeur d'Alene, where you had groups who say they reject hate groups like the Patriot Front. Right. Um, but we're absolutely openly talking about grooming and pedophilia being a risk at what was simply a, a gay pride event. Yeah, I guess just to underline what you said, I think it's really important to point out how these ideas get mainstreamed and yeah, how dangerous they are, as you mentioned. I mean, when things that start out uh, QAnon board end up, um, you know, on uh, the Facebook page of uh, your nice neighbor down the street who doesn't realize that the thing that they're touting came from QAnon, that gets, that becomes really kind of insidious across our culture and across our politics here in Idaho. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it really gives the, it sort of gives a green light to these ideas that might otherwise be pretty unpalatable for a lot of people. Um, and I can, I can give you a good example of a politician sort of laundering this uh, conspiracy theory into a more mainstream form right here in Idaho. Uh, you've got Representative Heather Scott, and she represents a district right up there in the panhandle. Um, she's actually been attacking this Pride event for months. Uh, back in April, she started attacking it, raising the specter of pedophiles, uh, grooming, all of this stuff, which again, we have to underline every time, has no basis in reality, there's no evidence for it. But she started beating the drum about it, um, and she got support from another far-right group called um, Panhandle Patriots, and basically it, it just sort of went viral from there. She touted it on her Facebook page, she had a YouTube video talking about opposing, in person, opposing this event. Um, her allies at Panhandle Patriots used some arguably violent language about taking it head on and fighting back. And from there, you know, I've kind of been down the rabbit hole now, uh, been down the Telegram rabbit hole and uh, other sort of alternative social media sites that a lot of far right and uh, hate groups use. And it's, it's, it's fascinating to see how this percolated up through those channels and really gained steam nationally. I mean, this went way beyond Idaho interest in this event.
I guess I wonder, do you have any idea? I know this has been a big question a lot of people are asking is, where did these 31 people, uh, the, these members of Patriot Front, get the resources to pile in their trucks on a plane? Who knows? I'm not sure how all of them got to Coeur d'Alene. Um, how did they, you know, fund this? Where where are the resources coming from to, you know, decide to come all the way to North Idaho from far-flung states uh, and really just try to wreak havoc and spew hate at a pride event that was, you know, really family friendly. Man, I would love to know the answer to that. And I I hope to be able to figure that out sometime. Uh, these guys tend to just show up all over the country in their U-Hauls, pile out and, you know, cause a ruckus. Uh, obviously that costs money. It costs money to get 31 people up to North Idaho. Um, as you might imagine, these groups are not exactly transparent in their funding. Uh, it's not like there is a sort of government tax paper trail, um, at least that I know of, that leads to their funding. Um, so it's a really good question. And I think a lot of people would like to know who's funding these hate groups. Um, because from what I can tell with, with Patriot Front, um, they haven't been very effective at what they do at this point but they've certainly had the money to get all over the country uh, in fairly large numbers and create a little bit of chaos. I guess, you know, another piece of this that I just want to point out is that one of the reactions has been, you know, in some ways that day was a, a win because the police were uh, tipped off. These guys were found, uh, you know, in their truck and they were really embarrassed as they should be um, when they were finally unmasked. And so, you know, in, in some ways uh, they, this was thwarted, whatever this was going to be, and it was seemingly going to be violent um, or at least could have been violent. It, it didn't happen. But I also just want to point out that it's not like this is, again, it's not happening in a void. There's a reason why they came here. There's a reason why they feel comfortable doing this in Idaho. And it's not going away. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not going away. I, I would love to say that this is a, a one-off thing, but unfortunately, there's been kind of an alarming trend happening recently in North Idaho, where a lot of echoes of that hateful past have been coming back uh, coming back into focus there. Um, you've had some just open, openly bigoted people set up shop there. You've got this guy, Dave Riley. Uh, he resigned under pressure from his own father's radio station back in Pennsylvania because he participated in the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, which was this chaotic uh, and in the end deadly protests that brought together a bunch of white supremacist groups. Well, Dave Riley set up shop in North Idaho, um, immediately ran for school board not too long ago, and got the backing of some people in the Kootenai County GOP Central Committee. So despite his out-and-out -out bigoted views, which includes anti-Semitism, homophobia, and uh, misogyny, he's been getting mainstream Republican support. Mm. Um, and, you know, he decided that North Idaho would be a friendly place. Uh, he hasn't been wrong so far. Uh, there's a guy named Vincent James who's a white nationalist, white supremacist. Uh, he's got some real nasty ties to neo-Nazis. Um, he set up shop there too. But what you're seeing is groups kind of testing the waters again. Um, like, hey, this, this place has this past where before 
you could make a home as a, a there as a bigot. And I'm worried that that's starting to creep in again. We're not in the days of the Aryan nations. I don't want to overblow it. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like there's some folks who are making inroads there and in some cases either getting support or not really getting pushback from mainstream politicians. Yeah, I'm very worried as well, Heath. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of us are. And I think in some ways, um, sure, it could be argued that we're not back there, but uh, I think some people, especially people of color, especially people in the LGBTQ communities might say, we didn't really ever fully leave. Um, It just became less visible, uh, the kind of hate um, that we saw from the Aryan nations. what will stop this? What can Idahoans who really, you know, want to stand up against this, um, this movement, what can they do and what needs to be done? I think a lot of uh, a lot of activists would say that these guys just need to feel unwelcome. Right. Um, and certainly uh, I don't think we need to both sides white supremacist groups like Patriot Front. No. They should feel unwelcome in Idaho. Yes, I think please. That's, <laughs> Very that unwelcome. Is, uh, that is something that um, most people on the left and right would agree on. I think what isn't happening is you're not really seeing widespread political condemnation. Um, what you saw in the aftermath of these arrests was a lot of people on the right immediately said it was a conspiracy. You know, they said they accused the Patriot Front guys of being federal agents in disguise. Um, There's no evidence of that. It doesn't make sense. Uh, But there were quite a few people, including the vice president of the Idaho Freedom Foundation, an influential political group that does a lot of lobbying in the Capitol. Uh, Their vice president, Dustin Hurst, uh, he immediately tweeted that these were, quote, fed boys. Meaning a false flag. Yeah, right. Exactly. Meaning a false flag. Like this was an operation by the feds to make the right look bad. So I think when you ask, how do we stop this? Well, it's kind of hard to do that unless you have elected officials, you know, leaders in the community, basically unequivocally condemning these groups instead of playing around with conspiracy theories that ultimately downplay the danger that white supremacist groups pose. Yeah, that's a really good point. And um, yeah, I'd hope to see them do better in the future. Um, Thanks so much, Heath, for sharing your reporting with us uh, and, you know, going down the really dark rabbit holes so that we can know a little bit about what's going on. Um, Please keep digging. No problem. At this point, I've kind of got a long-term lease in the rabbit hole right now, so (laughs) I'm happy to talk about it anytime. One more note before we go. I know today's episode is a downer, and I'm looking for ways to stand up for my gay and trans neighbors in particular, but we're not starting from scratch here. Idaho has defeated bigotry before. We'll put a link in the show notes to an Idaho Press feature that retells how we kicked out the Aryan nations about 20 years ago when political leaders crossed the aisle to stand against hate in our home. Our history can teach us a lot right now. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. Please take a moment to rate the show and be sure to subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Thursday with more news and stories from around our community. See you then.